It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT. My show last night, the voice takes a little while to get going here, but I'll be fine as always. Good to hear from the Raider Nation. I saw a lot of the Raider Nation in Phoenix. We had a good time, a lot of good times, a lot of big shows on Radio Row. Really proud here, the flagship of the Silver and Black Q, the whole staff in front of the cameras and microphones and behind the scenes. Fabulous job. Really was a fun Radio Row experience, a great time in Phoenix. Phoenix is not Vegas. It's not supposed to be Vegas. But overall, I had a good time, and it was a lot of fun, and it was a memorable Super Bowl. Now, it was a worst-case scenario for the Raiders because Kansas City won, and we've talked about that since Kansas City beat Cincinnati on a call that decided the end of the game, and another call decided the end of the Super Bowl on a holding, a five-yard hold, on a ball that was pretty much thrown away that would have resulted in Kansas City kicking a field goal to have the lead, and they could have held on defense. Their defense played well, but there was a lot of points being scored in that game. So that's what the aftermath's about. This is part one today, part two tomorrow. I always do a two-day recap of the Super Bowl. Plus, we're going to have some Derek Carr breaking news. If you want to call on that throughout the next two days, please do. Uh, Derek Carr's got a no-trade clause. He's not going to accept the trade. So Derek Carr, that's something we've covered at length. We've interviewed Double-digit people saying this could happen. What could happen? New Orleans seems like they wanted him to take a pay cut. And I don't know why it took anybody any time to figure this out at all. The Raiders did not want to pay Derek Carr anymore at this rate. That's the reason he's not here. They don't believe he's worth this type of money. A $40 million quarterback, period. And they're going to move on from him. And it would have been nice to get some draft equity with a really good draft pick with New Orleans or another team. But the market does not seem to be strong for Derek Carr in a trade. The market could be strong for Derek Carr in free agency. It is going to be strong in free agency, but I think several teams want to lowball him. Several teams don't want to give Derek Carr what Derek Carr and his agent wants. And I don't get involved in Derek's money until Derek is out of this organization and he's gone from the organization. It could happen live on this show today. We don't know that to be true. Or officially leaves this organization, I will tell you what I believe is the worth of Derek Carr and what other teams think he's worth. But there's no doubt there's several teams in the league that don't want to trade for him. They don't want to give the Raiders a decent pick. They'd rather wait. And that could be risky. It could also be risky for Derek Carr because if the Saints were going to give him something close to what this Raider guarantee looks like and they could have made a trade, Derek Carr would make more money. So Derek Carr is going to structure his new contract however the hell he wants to structure it. He's got more money than he'll ever need for generations the rest of his life. And we'll see what matters to him financially, where he wants to live, how he wants to set up the rest of his career, how much less money he wants to take to get better players on his team. That's going to be important for the next team that hires Derek Carr, not here for the Raiders. Once the Raiders cut the cord with Derek Carr, I'm always going to wish him well. No hard feelings for me. 
I've known the guy since he's come here. I wish him well, but I'm com- I'm clearly focused on the Raiders upgrade at the quarterback position any way they possibly can because I know you watched the Super Bowl elite and Patrick Mahomes is already may- probably on the Mount Rushmore other than Peyton Manning, maybe Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes is right there. So the Raiders got to find a way to figure this out because Kansas City is more so the elephant in the room for the entire AFC West, but for the Raider organization because Kansas City has won their third Super Bowl lifetime and they've won two of the last four, which is not a dynasty. That's nowhere near a dynasty. Winning two was never a dynasty. Back-to-back winning is never a dynasty. To have a dynasty, you have to win a minimum of three. In a row would be nice. That'd be a real dynasty. Or four out of five, like the Yankees did, or what the Warriors are doing, banging on that door. But you cannot miss the playoffs or lose in the playoffs and then say you're a dynasty. And they've been very close. You know, I had a buddy of mine at the Super Bowl remind me uh, beforehand, that day before I left, the Saturday night before the Super Bowl, Kansas City, before the game was played, could have lost three Super Bowls in a row, and they could have won all three Super Bowls. If Jimmy Garoppolo hit a wide-open receiver, Next thing you know, they could have lost three, but they didn't. They won two out of four. I always take the high road. I tip my cap to the Chiefs, their ownership, the organization. I did not think they were a Super Bowl team this year because they lost Tyreek Hill, and they lost the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, but they drafted well. Their offensive line played great, and they have a legendary quarterback who always comes from behind and wins, no matter what, down double digits, In the Super Bowl, down double digits in the second half of the Super Bowl, he wins. Down 17-0 to the Las Vegas Raiders this year, he wins. We are the experts on this here in Las Vegas. We've been watching Mahomes. I see him live. We know what they can do. And Raider Nation, you know exactly what they can do when they did it in the Super Bowl. When they should have got beat, Philadelphia was playing okay. They had a couple of gaffes. They had a bad penalty at the end of the game. They had a blown punt coverage. And then they couldn't figure out Mahomes in the red zone on two of the biggest, most wide-open, broken-play touchdowns that I've seen in Super Bowl history. It was like men playing JV boys once they got down there. So I'm going to go over all the highlights, sound bites of the game, the post-game sound for the next two shows. If there is breaking news on Derek Carr, we will get to the breaking news on Derek. If he ends up, you know, the Raiders officially cut him, he moves on. We'll get to all that here. But I'd love to hear from you again. These next two days, pretty much all of today, I cleared out. It's a heavy phone call day. I want to know how you feel about this, Raider fans. That's what we do. Some call me the therapist of the Raiders. I don't like that title. I just run a fast-paced radio show. You can go in any direction you want. But this has got to really aggravate the Raider Nation that Kansas City was on the mat, about to be knocked out by Philadelphia, and they found another way to come back and make history. So as we speak here, This is a massive story in the AFC West that affects the silver and black, the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. And you better upgrade. All teams better upgrade or we're going to be dealing with this garbage for a number of more years. And you know that. I just said it. This thing's got to be fixed. There's been several regimes that have tried to fix it. At least now there's a regime that's been more successful than Kansas City and not with Josh McDaniels as a head coach and Dave Ziegler as a GM, but two guys and a whole bunch of scouts and other people from the Patriots have come here, and they've been in these type of meetings. they figured out how to be the best. They won multiple Super Bowls, so they know the formula, 
but they got to execute the formula. Just like I said to Rich Basaccia, I said it to John Gruden, to all the other coaches that I've been dealing with one-on-one over the years, everybody knows what the plan is until Mike Tyson punches you in the mouth. Then the plan goes out the window, and you got to find a way to survive. And that's what's happening here. Everybody thinks Kansas City's going to fall off. Everybody thinks Kansas City's not as good as they were two years ago. They just won the Super Bowl, and they had a monumental comeback to do it in a game where I think they should have got beat. I thought they should have got beat by Cincinnati. I thought they should have got beat by Philadelphia, but they didn't. So we have to deal with that reality going forward. So that's the show. I got a lot of sound to play. I'd rather hear from you in different aspects of the show. But what, what did that game yesterday mean to you personally? As a member of the Raider Nation, you were at all these parties. If you were out there in Scottsdale, Phoenix, maybe we saw you bumped into us. A lot of Raider fans out there in the Valley. And if you watched it at a Super Bowl party yesterday at a casino, I want to hear some stories today about how you feel about what just happened. Because I don't like these two teams that played. They're the two teams out of 32 I despise the most. Philadelphia, the team I grew up hating, and I've kind of softened that a bit. I picked them to win the Super Bowl 28-24. to And Kansas City, because the team I work for, the Raiders, I don't want to see Kansas City have any glimmer of hope or success. So I root against them as hard as anybody. So these two teams, I didn't enjoy the game because I don't like these two teams. One had to win. I wish it was Philadelphia from a Raiders perspective, but the Raiders weren't able to Not Kansas City off. No one was from Joe Burrow to Justin Herbert to everybody else. And we're going to have to deal with this recurring issue until the Raiders get to the point where they have a quarterback that can compete with Patrick Mahomes consistently. And they they might be able to get that player in this upcoming draft. They might be able to get a player who is on equal footing, equal footing with Mahomes. That's Aaron Rodgers, a four-time MVP and Super Bowl champion. Matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers started today his dark deal. He's going dark for four days. I initially thought that that meant he was going dark, like going to be in a dark room. I think he, there's truth to that. He's going into one of these weird things where he's going to sit in a chamber in the pitch black, and also he's going to have no phone, social media, no text messaging, no friends, no family, and he's just going to sit there and clear his mind out and then hopefully tell us on what he's thinking about. But after watching those two quarterbacks play yesterday, you know, I, I think it's fair to say Derek Carr is not at the level with the ceiling of Jalen Hurts. That's easy to see. And Derek Carr was never near Patrick Mahomes, even though Derek Carr's beaten him and has played at a high level against Kansas City a few times. The Raiders got to get a team that can play at that level. From an offensive line, I don't think a lot of those Kansas City chief offensive linemen are going to the Hall of Fame. Correct me if I'm wrong. They got a couple of players on the defensive line that's going to have a shot to do it. They drafted well with the cornerbacks. Uh, They replaced Honey Badger, and I think overall they are a very well-coached team, and that will be the key also. Andy Reid, after the Rihanna concert at halftime, which I'll get to, had a few minutes, if you had a few extra minutes, the 29-minute halftime compared to 12. So in that time, Andy Reid figured out his offensive game plan, and he took Nick Sirianni out behind the stadium in Glendale and spanked his ass and abused him. Philadelphia got abused in that game. And I was saying leading up to the game, maybe I'm biased, but I was saying leading up to the game that Philadelphia had one of the easiest schedules in NFL history going into the Super Bowl. They had a bye week, well-deserved. They played Daniel Jones of the Giants, 
and they played Brock Purdy. We're not talking the road that Steve Young had to go through with the Cowboys. We're not talking about the road that Eli Manning had to go through at Lambeau Field and beating Tom Brady. I mean, this was a walk in the park for Philadelphia to get there. But as soon as they went up against Kansas City, who were better coached, better prepared, more experienced in a game of this magnitude, the better coached team won that executed better and didn't turn it over. And that's how it plays out. I'm jumping around a lot here. I want to mention one thing on the penalty at the end. The penalty at the end by Brad Berry was a penalty, if you want to call it to the letter of the law. I've always been a big fan in sports to swallow the whistle. On the last play of an NBA game, a hockey game, or a football game. In baseball, you don't have to deal with that. But baseball balls and strikes are pretty important. But now they got a machine that can tell you what a ball and strike is. But in hockey, if you're in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals and there's two minutes left and the score's tied up at three... You better not trip anybody, and you better not high stick, and you, not, you better not get called for roughing someone in the boards. You better not do that and take a penalty and lose as you're defending a power play. Same thing in the NBA. In the NBA at the end of a game, you better not foul someone shooting a three and giving them three free free throws in a two-point game. You just can't do it. So you take a step back, you play hard. And in football, you can't put your hands on someone when they're breaking and they're making a move running a route. Because you're just setting up the referee to have to do their job. And the refs, I thought, were pretty good in the game yesterday. There weren't a lot of penalties. I think there were nine total. Not for a lot of yards. I thought the refs, in general, did a pretty good job staying out of the pace of that game. You know, there's always going to be a couple of calls and reviews and got a challenge and do all that. And we could talk about that. But the play at the end of the game on Bradbury was significant because he didn't need to do it. He didn't need to do it on that play. Juju wasn't going to break off him. He was covering him perfectly. He just put his hands on his on his belt, on his waist, and Mahomes threw the ball into the end zone to nobody. So they were going to kick a field goal there, and I think Jalen Hurts, the way he was playing in that game, would have had a reasonable chance to get a field goal, let alone go the length of the field and try to win the game. But it didn't happen. And another thing is, I, I you know, when I watch the Super Bowl, I watch it twice. So I got up this morning, and had some tea and some coffee and trying to get ready for this show. So I watched the Super Bowl again on my DVR without halftime and the commercials and all of that. And I just saw a couple of critical moments in the game where Kansas City picked up a critical third down and Philadelphia in the second half of that game, the down and distance they got behind. You have never heard a radio host in your life who have told you to pick up the pace and run the clock and go faster. I say it all the time with the Raiders. I was saying it today, this morning again. The lackadaisical, laissez-faire attitude of Philadelphia to get the play in, get in and out of the huddle, and to take the clock down to one second and have to burn a timeout and do all that is because they didn't play with a sense of urgency in the second half. I really believe they thought they won the Super Bowl at halftime. Mahomes got injured. They rolled up on his ankle. They had a double-digit lead. And I think they went into that locker room going, if we don't screw this up, if we can take some time off the clock, we will be in a great chance to win this game. Great chance to win this game. And they didn't play with the sense of urgency. At least I saw it that way that Philadelphia played in the first half. I mean, they looked really good in the first half of that game. So all this being said, uh, Raider fans, I know you want to talk about Derek Carr. That ship has sailed, man. That ship has sailed. If you want to be critical that the Raiders didn't get anything in return, as it looks it'll be, 
That is fair criticism for the Raiders not being able to move Derek Carr, benching him the last two games, and not getting anything in return. That is fair criticism. You're always allowed to be fair on this show and criticize as long as you don't make it personal. That's always fair. The Raiders will have enormous cap space because Carr will be off the books. So the Raiders will be able to go out and get a quarterback or get several good players on defense if they decide to go young at quarterback. But if the Raiders go young at quarterback, I'm talking extremely young, with a a first-round draft pick, that's not going to do anything to help and beat Mahomes in the short term. In the short term, it won't. But in the long term, that might be the only way to get the next Patrick Mahomes or a player coming out of college that had the upside of Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or some of the players there that weren't taking number one or number two overall. And I think that's becoming more and more of a reality because we're dealing with Aaron Rodgers, who's tough to figure out. And that, believe me, I'm being kind. He is tough to figure out what he wants to do. And for the Raiders, the Jimmy Garoppolo road is kind of the Derek Carr road. You know, they're kind of similar, but Jimmy G wins a little bit more. Uh, Being out at Radio Row, I've never seen more people talk about the Raiders when the Raiders won six games. You would have thought the Raiders won 12 games. Every show that I went on, every video we did, all everybody's doing is talking about what's the Raiders going to do. I had an NFL executive and a former head coach, Hall of Famer, come up to me. What are you hearing on the Raiders? I I got nothing. I don't know. I don't sit at dinner in the facility with Dave and other people and know what they're going to do. And if I did, I wouldn't say. But the Raiders got a really unique road in front of them in the short term. I think that Dave Ziegler can figure it out. I think he's been working on this model since he took the job, trying to deconstruct this roster and get it to a roster that can compete against Kansas City. Let me repeat that again. They took the job knowing that they had a lot of work to do because they did not love this roster. They loved a few players. Because of the previous regime that happens with other teams, the Raiders failed so brilliantly, they failed so horribly with their first-round picks that we are paying the price now in the cleanup phase of that toxic oil spill on going out and getting a Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs III, who is really charting to be a great player, early in his career, and then Alex Leatherwood. That didn't happen to Kansas City or Philadelphia. It was just the opposite. Also, teams like Detroit and Seattle have drafted better than the Raiders, and look where their record is and the upside to those teams. So for the Raiders, they got a lot of work to do. We know it's complicated. We know it's going to take some time. We don't want to waste any time. And the positive side of this is that the Raiders this morning are on the clock Sandra Douglas Morgan took the football from the Arizona committee and the, Ari- the Bidwell family, and along with the Raider prestige and what they have here in Vegas, the Raiders are now on the clock for the Super Bowl here, which is going to be our biggest story of the year on the flagship station of the Raiders. We have the draft. We have free agency. We have F1. We have all the, the Rebels, the hockey team. We have everything here. But nothing will ever be as big as the Super Bowl And it usually takes five, six, seven years to get a Super Bowl after you get one. So this is go time as the Raiders are on the clock and the Valley is. And I think that's going to be a cause for celebration and a lot of good things are happening here. But I got to deal with Raider fans who want to win the Super Bowl now. Woo! Okay. I'll do it again. I love to. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. I got to deal with Raider Nation who wants to win the Super Bowl this year as the Super Bowl is in Vegas.
and I am all in on that. Do I think it's going to happen? Is there plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl? I'm not even going to say probably not. I need to see the quarterback. If they get a quarterback and they keep this offense in check and they're able to go out with the draft equity that they have, the Raiders could be the Eagles from a year ago. They could be the Bengals from two years ago that went from two wins to four wins to the AFC Championship game. Anything could happen. But it's going to be complicated. It's going to be really in-depth. And we're going to have to go through this journey together. 702-365-9200. Again, I'm looking for two hours. Now about down to an hour and 40 minutes of your reaction to the Super Bowl. What aggravated you about it? What did you respect about it? What did you think of the pace of the game? I'd love to hear about the halftime entertainment. I'll tell you, I went out to that waste management golf tournament for two days. That was easily top three sporting event of my life, including World Series, Final Fours, National Championship games. What an event. I've never seen anything like that. I was there seven years ago, and it was okay. This thing was golf, party, steroids. Like, when you look at what you saw here, you've never seen anything like it. If you went, I'd love to get a phone call on that, too, because that's one of the things that the host committee is not going to have uh, for the next Super Bowl here. We don't have anywhere near the room to pull off a golf tournament like that. Most people don't care about a golf tournament, but in Phoenix, it was as big as the Super Bowl. The majority of the people that I thought, that I saw leading up into the Super Bowl said, this is much better And they might have been right. It was the best place for parties. It was the best place for VIP, hospitality. The weather was great. I mean, I think I I was there for two full days. I might have saw seven, seven shots of golf. (laughs) I'm serious. Seven shots, but I ran into 70 people that I knew that were all having a great time. So that's what made the Super Bowl special. The weather and the fact is that area is spread out big. I'll talk about it in the second hour of the show. We'll get more in depth on that. But that was special, and I think Las Vegas is going to be even better, but it's going to be casinos and parties and viewing concerts and all that. And I think the Raiders are ready to thread the needle and make that one of the greatest sporting events ever as we'll come from F1 and we'll go right into the Super Bowl, and that will be ready to go. So I came to work today because I got a lot of partners and sponsors, and I love being on the radio. Let's get you to call in today as a Raider fan on Kansas City, because you better not run and hide from this topic. You better not give me any crap that you're going to take a week off on me when Kansas City just won the Super Bowl. I'm here at the front lines of the gates of Game of Thrones trying to slow this crap down on the radio, and I'm very sincere about it. So the Raider Nation better have a bleeping opinion on this. Winners have a a, a thousand fathers, as Looney say. Losers are an orphan. We're not an orphan here in the Raider Nation. We are winners in the Raider Nation historically. We're going through a patch now where it's got to get good and we got to knock off the big bully on the block. Okay, Kansas City is currently Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods. They are the Warriors. Kansas City is the elite team in the biggest sport in this world of ours other than global soccer. The Kansas City Chiefs are kings of the mountaintop right now and the Raiders have to be a part of the solution of bringing them down. They have tied the Raiders with three Super Bowl victories. I think the Raiders still have the greatest player's advantage who have played in the biggest game advantage. If you look historically, I'd say that about the Raiders over the Broncos. I'll say that about the Raiders over the Chargers easily. 
But Kansas City's right there now, everybody. Just look at the record. Look at the record over the Raiders and what has happened. And we need the Raiders to fight back and react like only we can on the flagship station of the Silver and Black. So you can congratulate Kansas City or not, but you will deal with the reality of what I'm dealing with and what everybody in the Raider Nation is dealing with. Got to figure this out. Got to get back to the top. We got the Super Bowl here in our backyard. We got everybody looking at us. We got a team in our division that's the best and has a chance to be a dynasty. If they win one more, if they win three in five years, that's the definition of a dynasty. They're on the doorstep, the precipice of being a dynasty. And I got to talk about it, man, because I'm not moving on to backup cornerbacks. I'm talking about the biggest topics in sports. And unfortunately today, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are the biggest topic in sports. 702-365-9200, the monologue brought to you by our great friends over at Golden Entertainment. PT's fuels the monologue, 64-plus locations here in the Valley. Seemed like all of them were full in and around the Super Bowl with the best happy hour in town. We thank PT's for bringing us to the Super Bowl. What a partnership to be able to have that partnership to help us get out there and have some great remotes and some great coverage and content there. Thanks again to everyone at Golden Entertainment. Hardcore Raider, appreciate you starting us off. What do you got for me today? Go ahead. Hey, appreciate you, JT. I got uh, four quick points. Uh, First one, I just want to say that was a great interview you did with Bill Romanowski. Uh, I've always loved Bill Romanowski. Every time that guy talks, it's just like I want to throw on some pads, and even if I only last for one play, like it's just—he's a huge motivational type of guy. I think I think the Raiders need him in the locker room. You know what I mean? Give some uh, pregame speeches or something, and uh, show these linebackers what it means to be a real real linebacker. Okay. Uh, Second point: Derek Carr. Look, you know, uh, just we're moving forward. You know, I wish him the best. I said halfway through the season, my opinion on the contract of where I thought, that, uh, you know, what his value was. He, he could have taken less money, and who knows, maybe he'd still be here. But we're moving forward. So, you know, I wish him the best. That's all I'll say about that. Third third point, okay, the, all the Raider fans that bet, uh, you know, that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I just want to congratulate them for converting to a Chiefs fan and making money off of rooting for our arch rival. So, Last point, which is the most important, which you hit on the head, but I also said it last week, which my question was, which AFC West team is going to be the first team to make four Super Bowls, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that I've had to, to leg to stand on, and all of us Raider fans, for the last 20, 30, 40 years, is the fact that we had three Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. When the Broncos tied up uh, with Peyton Manning a while back, hey, it's like, hey, uh, we're, we're tied, but you know what? Nobody's ahead of us. Now the Chiefs tied us, and, and they're a really good team, but we're at a point, like you said, the Super Bowl's in Vegas next year. This coaching staff has to figure this out. They, they want to win now, but they also want to build for the future. And I say, you know what, they got to make a decision. If we want to win now, we got to go all in, and we can't let the Chiefs and the Broncos be the first to get the fourth Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing us Raider fans have had to live off of was having the most Super Bowl wins in the AFC West. And now we're tied with the Chiefs, and you know what, it's – they got to get this figured out because we're under the gun here. Appreciate you. Excellent phone call. Exactly what I was looking for. And look, the Raiders should have six or seven Super Bowls, not Kansas City. You can add one more to Kansas City, and they could be at four. But if you go in the history of the Raiders, just in the 70s alone, with the Rob Lytle fumble, the immaculate reception, you could go back to the tuck rule game. The Raiders went to a Super Bowl as a favorite, lost to Tampa Bay. You know, The Raiders should have nowhere near been three. The Raiders should have been at six and seven and running away from this division. 
They didn't do that. They played against some really good teams and lost. And that's where the Raiders are. But I'm very confident if the Raiders have a great offseason, good things can happen. I, I really believe that. I didn't think going into this season that this was going to be a great Raider team because I knew that the new regime was going to deconstruct this roster. A lot of Raider fans have come up to me. What a major step back. We went from 10 to 6. Well, you're right. I would never be that stupid to argue that. But the year before, they won the final four games with a little bit of luck and high dramatics and got to 10 wins. This year, they had five double-digit leads that they blew in the offseason. They should have been at 9 or 10, blindfolded. So they're going to be similar teams. But the difference was the Raiders didn't like this roster to the point where it was good enough to just stay with it. And I think that Dave Ziegler realized that with Derek Carr, in his opinion, along with the coach. And I think they realized that with a lot of players who were let go. But no matter what happens, no matter what happens, they got to get better. There's no excuses. There's never been an excuse by a GM or a head coach coming here. None. The Las Vegas Raiders have been through a lot over the years. In the three short years, now going on four years here, a year without fans, a year with, you know, this the rug situation, the exit of Derek Carr. It has been dramatic. There's been a lot. It's taken a lot out of you. I know this. I talk to you. I want you to win more than anything because it benefits me and my radio shows and my partners. I want this to happen. And if you know me personally, you know that's the case. But look. It is a rough year for me. Kansas City just won the Super Bowl. I got to put this headset on and talk nonstop for the next offseason trying to figure out how the Raiders can get out of six wins and how to slow Kansas City's roll. And I'm just the guy to do it. I know how to do this. I know how to do it the right way. And if I'm wrong, bring it at me. 702-365-9200. Hope you saw the Serena Williams commercial for Remy Martin. Remy Martin was all over the Valley in Phoenix, the Valley of the Sun. Wherever I looked, it was Remy Martin. They team up for excellence. Patrick Mahomes clearly hindered. What does he continue to show in these efforts, Andy? Well, he's the MVP. I mean, that's all that needs to be said, right? MVP. And he saw it tonight. That's courtesy of Fox, Tom Rinaldi. JT, back with you. Thanks for coming back. We're brought to you by Virgin Hotels. Heard they had a great Super Bowl party. Their sports book is up and running. So everybody head on out to Virgin Hotels. I'm always there at the restaurants. Uh, love everybody behind the scenes. Our long-term partner here, Virgin Hotels, with the sports book now up and running. Everything that they have going on, and get you ready for this off season, especially with the Golden Knights. Also, some of their Golden Knights watch parties as we continue on. So I thought Andy Reid said that beautifully. Mahomes is the MVP of the regular season, and he's a Super Bowl MVP. So we're looking for your reaction on how that makes you feel in the Raider Nation. That's it. This is my Raiders show. I do my national show at night. I'm trying to focus this on you, the Raider fans, on what Mahomes just did. Because I tweeted out earlier today, back when Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls in four years, right? Super Bowl 15 and Super Bowl 18. It's the same exact thing that Mahomes just did with Andy Reid. Exactly. But there was no internet back then. There was no internet. 
and there was no cell phone service. We weren't sitting here looking at real big cell phone service, and we, we had nothing in regards to do with social media. There was nothing. So with all of that, it, it feels like it's almost blown out of proportion today because there's so many shows talking about dynasty and legacy and all of that. The Raiders won Super Bowl 15, 18, and 11. So from Super Bowl to 11 through 18, they won three Super Bowls. And they probably, before the year 1977, should have had two or three more. Not easily, because those teams were great. 72 Dolphins, the Steelers had won four. But they were in the hunt, and some people thought a better team. So when we look at what happened back then with Plunkett and Flores, it's what Mahomes is doing with Andy Reid. But everybody wants to make Andy Reid out to be much better than Tom Flores. Andy Reid is not on the Mount Rushmore coaches. I debated a caller last night on this topic. Andy Reid is not at the level of Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, Don Shula, Paul Brown. You could say Jimmy Johnson was a better coach than Andy Reid. But Andy Reid now, because he has the most wins in Eagles history and the most in Kansas City history, with this Super Bowl, with this one Super Bowl that got him number two, I think it's fair to say last night Andy Reid leapfrogged, leapfrogged 10 to 12 Hall of Fame coaches. Marv Levy's a Hall of Famer. He has zero Super Bowls. George Allen's a Hall of Famer. He has zero as a head coach. That's just two. I mean, who do you think's a big, better coach all time, Mike Shanahan or Andy Reid? They both have two. Seems like Andy Reid's a more prolific play caller. He had Elway, Mike Shanahan. This guy's got Mahomes. I never thought in my lifetime I'd say there'd be a better quarterback than John Elway. Patrick Mahomes is there right now at a level. He's as athletic and he wins more, and he comes back almost as much as Elway when it's all said and done. So that was bad news for the Raiders last night. That was terrible news because if Andy Reid could have went lifetime 1-3 in the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes was one win, two losses in the Super Bowl, that changes my whole radio show today. It changes everything. That's why Super Bowls and NBA championships are so important. Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Right, You look at the history of sports, Wayne Gretzky versus Lemieux, whoever it is. Mahomes and Andy Reid had a prolific night last night. They had a comeback win with an injured quarterback. And, oh, man, does Mahomes love to play up that injury when it happens. And i got to be careful here because he is injured. He's got a high ankle sprain. That's not pretend. And he plays with a lot of adrenaline and energy in these games. But Kansas City is in the conversation now to be a potential dynasty and someone's going to have to knock them off. And that's another big problem for the Silver and Black. It's so tough in this division, let alone the AFC. They're saying the same thing in L.A. There's only a tiny group of Charger fans. But the Chargers play Kansas City pretty tough. Denver's been getting smoked by Kansas City. Smoked. And now they went out and got Sean Payton to rehab Russell Wilson. And the Raiders got to figure out who they're going to get a quarterback or, or who's it going to be, Jared Stidham? I like Jared Stidham. If he, if he has to be here as the emergency starter, as the Raiders develop a potential superstar that has upside like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, I'm good with that. But if that's not the case, then the Raiders got to figure out how to compete in a division with a pretty much average backup quarterback in Stidham. That's what he's been. That isn't a knock on Stidham. He's been an average backup quarterback who played well in one Raider game, the game against San Francisco. It's hard to spin that you can win a Super Bowl with that when you're up against Patrick Mahomes in your division 
And Patrick Mahomes played the game like he did last night. So we'll wait for news on Derek Carr. I think it'll probably happen today or tomorrow. We know the deadline here, where it is here on the 15th. So we know what's going to happen. He's going to get cut. He's going to be released. And then the Raiders are going to have to quickly decide what they want to do. I think they probably already figured out what they're going to do. But it would have been nice to get a little bit more for Derek Carr. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. 702-365-9200. So many Raider fans running and hiding today from the Chiefs. It's incredible. I appreciate Jay in L.A. calling in. Jay, thanks for calling in from L.A. And Jay is gone there. Perfect segue. Bobby, let's get to the sound, man, and get to what happened in this game because it was unbelievable, the ebb and flow in this game. First off, Travis Kelsey with a touchdown where, again, your boy, JT, tells you you better hit him with the linebacker. You better double-team him over the top. And Philadelphia chose not to do that, and Kelsey made him play. Mahomes spread set two by two with Pacheco in the backfield. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch. He's got the touchdown. Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey, 18 yards. Yeah, that was a beautiful play there. 18-yard touchdown for Travis Kelsey. And for Kelsey, I believe that Kelsey could have been, after that touchdown, you look at Kelsey and say, here we go again. He's the guy who's now chasing the Gronk legacy, and he's going to pass Gronk. So he's, he might already be the greatest you know, tight end of all time. Tony Gonzalez never played in a big game that mattered. And there's been some other good ones, some great ones. Kellen Winslow, Dave Casper. You can go down the list of all the great tight ends who ever played in this game. Kelsey will be number one when he puts on that gold jacket after he retires. He'll be the greatest tight end of all time because no one could figure him out. Well, Philadelphia, they look good early in this game. The touchdown to A.J. Brown from, I thought Jalen Hurts throwing a good deep ball. He threw this one into traffic, but this big guy made a play. Hurts in the gun. Hurts. This time, fakes. He's back. He's looking deep. He wants A.J. Brown. And it's caught for a touchdown. A.J. Brown. It's double coverage. It doesn't matter. He throws the ball into an area where A.J. Brown can make the adjustment, and he's jockeying around, and he makes that proper adjustment to the football. That was a great touchdown there. And as they said on the Eagles radio network, that's similar to what Devontae Adams can do, right? You just throw it to a spot. If Devontae's double covered, Devontae can make an athletic play, even better than A.J. Brown. So that's a 50-50 ball, and he went up there and scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That was a great play. I think the key to the loss for the Philadelphia Eagles was Jalen Hurts fumbling. And when you fumble in a game, you cannot give away. You cannot give away free points. I think this was really the decisive factor of the game. Here it is. Hurts by himself in the backfield. Threat to run and throw. Crouches down. He wants to run it. The ball's out. He kicks the ball. It's picked up by Kansas City. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. A defensive score by Nick Bolton. That's Chiefs radio. That was such an important play in the game because Hurts doesn't turn it over. He wasn't hit. He just fumbled the football. So he played one of the greatest games of all time. Wait till you hear the records that he has after this. The records that Jalen Hurts has in the Super Bowl as a losing quarterback. Well, I believe the reason Philadelphia lost the game was that. Even though Philadelphia came back and had a double-digit lead after that, Jalen Hurts fumbling the ball because it just slipped out of his hands was a decisive play, man. 
Because if he goes on a drive and gets three points or seven and Kansas City doesn't get that free touchdown, I think it's a completely different game. But give Hurts credit. He came back after that mistake and started putting up touchdowns in big numbers. It is first and goal at the four. Sanders in. He goes in motion. Hurts is going to run and score! Yeah, Jalen Hurts and understanding what they do defensively, it's really a pardon of the C, of that red Kansas City C. Just off tackle, little kick-out block. Isaac Sayamalo or Jordan Mailata here does a really nice job of sealing, and then Kelsey takes that step back, and he runs that little kick-out block to the outside. That was a beautiful play. So I, I truly believe that they would get, after Jalen Hurts fumbled the football, for him to be able to come back and dominate the game heading into halftime was huge. And remember, Patrick Mahomes got injured before halftime. And everybody's wondering what's going to happen after that long Rihanna concert. Would Mahomes come back and would he be anywhere effective? And Mahomes had arguably the greatest second half other than Brady when Brady was down 28-3. to So this was ebb and flow, ebb and flow. Now we go to the Kadarius Tony touchdown where this might have been one of the biggest breakdowns by a cornerback in Super Bowl history on this score. Third down and three here at the Eagles five-yard line. Chiefs have not led in this game. They trail 27-21. They're going to throw a quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge. He will walk into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Kadarius Tony on a pick route to the near side. Couldn't be more wide open. A five-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. And now Butker can give the Chiefs the first lead of the game. Chiefs Radio, I could do four hours with a blindfold on without a commercial break on that play. That play is the essence of what Kansas City has done to the Oakland Raiders and the Las Vegas Raiders under Andy Reid. Nobody home, nobody there, complete broken coverage on every level. That was a basic play where Tony went in motion and then picked and pivoted and went the other way, and Darius Slade was nowhere there. If you look at my Twitter at JT the Brick, I broke down the before and after. I have never seen that in the history of the Super Bowl. I swear to you I haven't. That maybe I'm forgetting a play like that where a guy was that wide open on a basic route. How do we not have Hunter Renfro do that every time? I'm talking every time. If, if Kadarius Tony, who was let go by the Giants and was a disaster, can do that, Hunter Renfro runs a much better route than he does. And there was no one. Darius Slade was almost underneath the goalpost when the guy he was covering at the beginning who went in the motion stopped and went the other way. I mean, that is vintage Andy Reid over Nick Sirianni's staff. Vintage, vintage, vintage. So as we look at this, this touchdown to Sky Moore was the same thing. How could this happen in the Super Bowl Absolutely no one was home for the Eagles on defense. Audible called by Patrick Mahomes. Ball will be snapped in the center of the field with McKinnon, the running back. A fast left side, wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route, and Kansas City has a chance now to get up by eight points on a four-yard touchdown pass Mahomes to Sky Moore. So I'm going to get to some phone calls right here and get back at the top of the hour for the rest of these highlights. How ridiculous was it? And Raider fans, you've seen it all the time. It doesn't matter if it was Jonathan Abram or if it was, you know, Rocky Sin, whoever it was, 
We've seen this happen with Kansas City, making a defense in the red zone look like they've never seen a play before, and that happened in the Super Bowl. I am shocked by it. Reggie in North Las Vegas. Reggie, thanks for holding and calling in. What's happening? No problem, JT. I'm going to be pure, simply honest right now. You calling out the Raider Nation saying that we running, man, I'm getting ready to call the rest of them out. If you don't call in today and put as much effort into saying how you feel about your Raiders, I don't care about the Super Bowl. You you don't have to give me a whole bunch of information about this Super Bowl, but you best be saying how you feel about these Raiders and what we need to do to step up to the plate against these Chiefs. Yesterday, JT, I'm shocked I even went to the Super Bowl party that I went to, but to be honest, it's because I lost my mom. But my mom was with me. My mom is a Raider fan. And I'm, when you called us out, I felt like I better step up. So I'm calling you to say this. I remember when the Chiefs was losing to us, when the Chiefs had a 4-12 season, when the Chiefs had bad seasons, but they turned their thing around. So while we're down, we better stop having this infighting that we have. Who's a D.C. fan? Who likes this coach? Who likes this owner? You better step the heck up and be a Raider fan. Support your Raiders and hope and pray that we get our stuff together so we can compete with what we have in front of us from now on. But look here. Win, lose, or tie. Raider Nation till I die. JT the Brick always get me pumped up. RIP to Mama Sarah. And Raider Nation, stand up. Let's go. Thanks, Reggie. I appreciate it. I'm just having fun with this, calling them out. I just want to remind everybody that we're open for business. We have a flagship of an NFL team. If we're not open for business from February to June, that's not a good thing. We're open for – we chose to have a flagship radio station, and we're really proud of it. So we'd like the Raider fans to be energetic the entire year. We don't go away and take four months off. We're here – And I think we got a lot to talk about. I really believe the Raiders are going to have a huge offseason out of a necessity, out of a necessity, and they're going to have to come up big. The Raiders are going to have to need a – they're going to need a score. This was gymnastics. They're going to need a score of a 9 or a 9-5 in the offseason, and that's hard to do. A lot of people look and a lot of pressure on them. And the first step of getting compensation from Derek Carr and moving on from Derek Carr, it looks like there's no takers, and Derek has the right. When Derek signed that contract extension, Vinny Bonsignor came on with me that day, and we broke down that contract, and we, and we knew the way it was constructed that the Raiders had the ability to get out of that contract quickly. It was really three one-year deals, and the Raiders got out of it quickly. And they don't believe, and I don't believe either, that Derek Carr is a $40 million quarterback. I don't. If he could get if he could get that money and he could get fifty million, great for him. But the Raiders got to get more value out of that money with another quarterback that'll give him a better chance to win. That's not a, that's not a poke at Derek. That's just where the team needs to be going forward. Got to get an elite quarterback with that money. With the money that's not going to be paid to Derek, that money has to be used for a quarterback, let alone the defense in the draft. JT, back from Scottsdale. Good to be back in Vegas.